0: Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to the future in the water the water and wastewater industry and the careers you didn't know about. I'm your host Dave Kozmisky, and we are live in the studio with a, uh, an old friend from the Rivers Alliance, Miss Alicia Charmant. Hi, Alicia. How are you? Hi, Dave. I'm doing well. Thanks for having me. Oh, thank you for coming down, taking time out of your schedule. I know we uh, most of the time we meet on Zoom, but. <laughs> It's the nature of the beast right now.
1: (laughs) Yes, this may be the first time we've seen each other in person in several years. A while. Yes, it
0: has. So anyway, so, you know, basically the premise of the whole podcast is to, you know, make uh, people aware of the the careers that are out there in the water and wastewater industry. And I think you bring a little bit of a different twist uh, from the standpoint of possible careers because you come from the environmental side and, uh, you know, uh, protecting the Rivers Alliance and so forth. So... Tell us how did you get into the Rivers Alliance and you know tell us their premise of uh, you know of, of their mission statement
1: Sure, sure. So at Rivers Alliance, um, it's our mission to protect all the waters of Connecticut. Uh-huh. You know, our name is a little bit of a misnomer uh-huh. because you know we, while rivers are an extremely important part of our natural resources here in Connecticut and so well loved, you know, it, water is all connected. So you know, Absolutely. we focus on groundwater, drinking water, um, lakes, ponds, and it's uh, and it's it's a very very broad. Uh, Broad subject for sure. Yes, um,
0: the, the tentacles are out there.
1: Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, we work very closely with the folks in the wastewater and the drinking water um, utility industry. And I have to say, they're a really great group to work with. Yes. And for anybody who's thinking about going into those careers, you know, you're, you're in with good people, especially the wastewater people.
0: Yes, yes, well, you know. The thing so is, underrated. <laughs> well, you know, the, th- the thing is, um, you know, when you were, you know, and a lot of this, uh, what I do with, with this podcast is it gets uh, out to the uh, high school guidance counselors and so forth uh, to, you know, make uh, high school seniors and college freshmen of aware of the p- potential careers that are out there in the water. So, you know, rolling back the calendar just a few years, yeah. um, what was your focus as far as from, from an a occupation standpoint in your career path?
1: Uh, believe it or not, I, I um, my my degree is in physiology and neurobiology. Um, oh, okay. I started out in biotech, and uh, that's when biotech was really hot in uh, Connecticut, and okay. then just kind of that the fire went out, <laughs> went away. Everybody moved to Boston, and uh, and um, I actually I became a stay-at-home mom raising my kids. But oh. I was uh, I uh, volunteered for Trout Unlimited for okay. many many years, okay. and that's what got me into policy and advocacy. I've always always loved water. Um, my dad, he's, uh, he took me fishing from a young age. He's an outdoors person, um, instilled that conservation ethic in me. And, um, so, you know, it's, it's always been a passion of mine. And of course, you know, there is no, in my mind, no bigger, um, concern we should have than clean water going forward for the next generation, so I feel my work is worth it.
0: Oh, absolutely, absolutely, and like you say, the, the, the water and wastewater industry, both from the utility side, the industry side, and now, you know, uh, you and I are both members of the advisory group in the Water Planning Council, as far as that goes, and I think, you know, that has brought, you know, the, the industry people together, and, you know, Again, it's 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 a fine balance, you know, providing safe drinking water for you know utilities and their their customers and so forth. But it's also an important uh, you know aspect to again, as you say, protect those environmental resources that people enjoy recreationally uh, and, and and so forth. So uh, you know that 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 is the thing, and uh, you know, fortunately, you know, we've been able to you know. Make that fine balance work together, and you know it's it's. Uh, I think it's a great partnership that we've had uh, going forward, uh, and so forth. So, um, so you know, going over onto the uh, you know the environmental side. How long you been with the Rivers Alliance now?
1: Um, let's see, twenty nineteen. So four years now. Am I doing my math? Okay. <laughs> <That's four years. laughs> Yes, four years, and uh, prior to that, I was with the Connecticut River Conservancy. Okay,
0: and now what was their function as far as their mission statement?
1: The, um, they <laughs> do a lot of um, on the ground uh, work, monitoring. They, they do some policy and advocacy as well. Okay. They, they, the Connecticut River Conservancy runs the gamut, but they're a huge region. the uh, The Connecticut River watershed is is. Twenty-one thousand square meters or, or kilometers or something close to that. I can't remember the exact right. number anymore. So. Right,
0: right. Well, you know, again, I've been, you know, I've been in the water industry uh, fifty years. <laughs> I'm going to be retiring in January. Okay, uh, but you know, I notice, you know, when we we first uh, for the for the town of Portland, obviously we we are a, a uh, uh, we have an interconnection with MDC and one of those. Um, uh, Hurdles requirements that you know, when we we applied for that interconnection, as we you know, going forward, we used to have a a reservoir in our uh, back in the day, our town fathers uh, opted not to build a filtration plant for our, and it was the easier path to go with MDC. And I know I had to do many presentations, you know, uh, because of the uh, the river, com- uh, the uh, the connection coming out of the Farmington River Basin. I had to do uh, presentations for the Farmington River Association and so forth, and uh, explaining, you know, what the need was and so forth. And they were very, you know, I mean, it was an interesting dialogue. And again, they want to protect the waters. And, you know, but uh, it, we worked it out, we worked it together and, you know, uh, we've, you know, I think we've had this interconnection with MDC for uh, coming up on 30 years and it's, and it's worked well, you know, as far as that goes. But, uh, you know, again, providing safe drinking water. And a lot of times from a standpoint of, you know, people take water for granted, you know, you, you open the faucet and they expect it to come out and, and you know, uh, there's a lot that goes on to, behind the scenes, you know, to make that happen, you know, not only... Uh, physically and could be behind the nuts and bolts but you know there, there are a lot of environmental hurdles that we try to you know steer around the potholes and so forth so uh, if they' uh, you know one of the uh, I know one of the first cases that we did, uh, uh, you know, w- was the Shepag, you know, in Waterbury, and that was, uh, are you familiar with that that whole thing? Yes,
1: it was before um, before my time at Rivers Alliance, for sure, but yes, I am familiar with it. You know, and that
0: was very, very contentious and and, and so forth, and there was a lot of fact-finding that had to go on and so forth, but, you know, ultimately, you know, they were able to find agreements and, you know, to go from there. So uh, are, there, are there any other cases similar to that that you've been exposed to as far as in relation to you know, um uh, you know representing the environmental side of things
1: uh oh gosh, there's so many. how do I pick one um,
0: <laughs> <laughs> we well, you know,
1: of course, there are um just so many examples of how we work together, but where sometimes um we, we are sitting on the other side of the table and need to find that, that common ground to move forward. Um, you know, I think the more recent example was um, the San Jose Water, um, uh, Connecticut Water Merger. Um, oh, yes, yes. Which Rivers Alliance intervened on because we wanted to make sure that the public interest and the resource were protected. Uh-huh. Um, you know, it's... It was very concerning for many folks, as well as us, that you know a, a California company, which in some ways is good because in California they really know how to conserve water. Oh, they do. They, they do. <laughs> but um, you know there was a lot of concern from the public that um, you know if if there's a shortage there, somehow some of that water may have, you know, been going somewhere else, especially since they 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 do have other companies here in New England, so. Um, you know, that, that, that's an example. Um, you know, there's the example of the, uh, and of course, you know, that merger did happen and the conditions were there that yeah. we were, we were satisfied with and asked for. Um, and, uh, and another good example is the, the, uh, the reservoir in New Britain where they wanted to, uh, to create uh, a reservoir, um, through, uh, gravel mining. Um, okay. and so that was another thing that was, you know recent and (laughs) timely yeah
0: yeah yeah. well you know back in oh god i think 25 years ago i was on the um the federal subcommittee that designed um that worked with the federal registry to design the conservation guidelines uh for the country and uh i worked with folks like marianne dickinson and you know who was very well renowned and denise rizika who was you know as far as that goes she's uh you know when she started out on the waterside then went to de and so forth but that was an interesting uh, collaboration uh, there there were 13 of us on the committee uh, from all various segments from all across the country and when they asked me to be on this committee I said sure this that they're saying well it should only take about you know uh, probably about eight months or so <laughs> three or four meetings I said, okay. four
1: years later <laughs> uh it was
0: about three years later <laughs> okay but it was interesting because we had you know uh i was representing small municipal communities and i had we had peoples on on the uh, uh the committee in fact one was uh from from texas and he was a cattle farmer you know and he ran water systems down in texas you know and we you know the the the, the conversation came to you know unaccountable water and uh so you know he says well in the, you know fortunately in the in the northeast we're you know fairly water rich and you know we don't have to uh the concerns that you do out you know out west and in california and so forth and you know and he says well what do you, what do you normally get for unaccountable water and i says well you know we try to keep it around 10 percent but we we've, we have some uh some water systems okay that you know push the gamut to to 20 25 percent and the guy who's a cattle farmer he goes, and I'll always remember this. she says... 25 percent he says hell he says if i had a hundred head of cattle and i had 25 percent of missiles, i'd sure the hell want to know where they were (laughs) (laughs) i I always remember that analogy and it's you know it's quite poignant but you know
1: i'll have to remember that that's that's a really good good analogy
0: you know but i mean only from a cattle farmer but it was it was interesting but you know the the meetings were you know uh, they were supposed to be initially four meetings scheduled and the one Uh, you know the first meeting was out in denver with awwa then with this uh, to salt lake city and then you know you know again three years later you know after hashing this out you know we finally came down with the the guidelines that were finally accepted into the federal registry but that was that was an education but you know uh met a lot of good people though uh, in, in doing that but uh you know again when you look at environmental interests and as far as that goes. I mean, there's there's a lot of competing factors. Okay, from that standpoint, again, protecting uh, recreational aspects and you know environmental aspects as far as you know source water pollution and and open space. You know, that's another thing. Can you talk a little bit about your open space policies as far as you know, uh, as far as the Rivers Alliance?
1: Yeah. So the the biggest threat or the big the primary cause of water quality degradation is land use change. Yep. Um, our open space and our forests provide so many services for clean water, um, filtration, mm-hmm. um, uh, infiltration. <laughs> so yes, to yes. recharge our aquifers, which is extremely important. Um, in, in, in addition to slowing down stormwater, um, that, it, it's the stormwater right now is the primary source of, right. of pollutants in our, sure. our, um, our surface water. So it, it, protecting that open space in that forest and land right now and preserving those ecosystem services are going to benefit our waters going forward tremendously and save us a lot of money on engineered infrastructure. Sure. So if we protect our riparian buffers along our streams, yep, yep. we're not going to have to put in a you know four million dollar um, engineered green infrastructure uh, project downstream. Sure. Um, and 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 a lot of times the the communities that suffer um, from a lot of that upstream development. Are are your vulnerable communities, um, your your environmental justice communities, your cities, sure? Because they're the they are at the the confluence of, yeah. of our, our our rivers and our our harbors. So well, yeah. where everything ends up. Uh, well, absolutely. <laughs> and and the
0: thing is, is from a, from a water supply standpoint. I mean, you get you know, um, you go east to here, you know, from, uh, uh, on the east side of Connecticut and so forth, where, you know, water utilities per se you know you've, you've got a lot of private water systems small but there's a lot of wells out there and you know you get into a situation uh you know with these uh, repairing buffers as far as that goes and especially with the you know the use of road salts okay mm-hmm. that you know it, it's very prevalent you know on, on all the state roads i think everybody's using road salts now it's not like it used to be okay that that Impacts a lot of uh, wells with sodium. You know, also from a standpoint of you know a stormwater runoff. You know, the going through the wastewater side, uh, a lot of the systems, the wastewater systems in towns. Okay, uh, well, Hartford, for instance, they're um, they don't have a stormwater separation project. You know, because uh, are they all of the new stuff? But you know, they're building the tunnel. Okay, which is supposed to collect all of the stormwater, and then because the the wastewater plant gets overwhelmed. And you get a lot of bypass into the river, and which ends up in the sound, you know. So it's a, it's a catch-22, you know. So uh, I, I know that is, it's been a real problem. And uh, I think it's um, it's recognized now at least. And I think, you know, uh, certain towns, they're, they're, they're making, you know, remedies to, you know, at least look out for that and plan ahead for it, so, which is a good thing and
1: the uh the opportunity to have stormwater utilities in in connecticut now and uh really promoting that helps as well sure it helps to pay for that infrastructure it's not free
0: no you know nothing is free in these days you know (laughs) it's unfortunate but uh uh you know it it takes it it takes money to ride the train (laughs) you know it, it really does you know and especially from the standpoint of you know speaking of infrastructure um you know water water infrastructure as well as wastewater industry. Uh, infrastructure is, you know, and we're not the only state is experiencing it, but you know, the infrastructure throughout the United States is aging. So you've got, you know, a hundred year old water pipes, you've got, uh, again, sewer systems that aren't separated from the storm sewer. So, you know, you've got all that potential inflow. Okay. That impacts, uh, the utilities and, you know, you have to deal with that, you
1: know. And nobody sees it because it's underground. Well... You, you know, know, you see a bridge falling apart. <laughs> you want somebody to do something about that right away exactly. at any cost. But, you know, when we've discovered, if, you know, a, a utility discovers that their their lines need to be replaced in a certain area, the cost has got to come from somewhere. Exactly. And, uh, and it's usually people rates. People have to understand.
0: <laughs> yes. And it's, you know, like with any you know, underground infrastructure, it's like it's out of sight, out of mind, you know, until something happens, and right. then, then it, all of a sudden, it's 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 a deal.
1: Definitely a problem when you can't flush your toilet.
0: Uh, yes. Yeah. Yeah, or you can't, you know, <laughs> <laughs> uh, get drinking water, and you're going down to the, uh, you know, one, one of the things that uh, I used to do presentations in schools, you know, on water conservation and so forth, and, uh, you know, one of the exercises that I you know, uh, promote did with with the students is basically you know he asked the students, do you know how much water a typical family of three or four use in the daytime? And you know the 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 uh, the estimates range from oh maybe twenty gallons to you know fifty gallons and so forth. So I I rolled up one time. Okay, I had a landscape trailer. Okay. With 350 gallon jugs of water on a landscape trailer. Uh, so I schlepped the kids out of class and I, everybody took in a gallon jug. And we had basically uh, chorus risers, you know, the stepped chorus risers, and they, they lined up all the jugs. And so I says, uh, All right, guys, you know what you just did? No. And I says, You just carried in your daily supply of water. Oh my gosh, you know, it's the the deer in the headlight looks and you not they don't realize that. Again, you, you turn on a faucet, you expect water to come out, but you know, your 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 daily usage in a family of 4, it's you, you flush your toilet 15 times a day. You know, was,
1: that was all indoor use. Yes. Yeah. Did exactly. you tell them that they would have had to make about five more trips for
0: outdoor use? Well, exactly. <laughs> you know, and schlepping it down to the stream, you know, years ago. Okay. And that's how it was done. You know, we go down to the stream and collect water or whatever, uh, you know, before, you know, the, the advent of distribution systems and so forth, but yeah. And they don't realize that, you know, but it, it, it's, it's a rude awakening and, and a lot of times t- you know, you have to do things like that to, you know, uh, you know, open up their eyes. You know, as far as that goes. So, um, what what do you find now? Basically, are are, are the biggest uh, pollutants now? Uh, you know, road salt or what? what do you um, have you have you dealt with the PFAS issue uh, as far as that goes? And any of your dealings is with uh, utilities or, uh, you know.
1: Yeah, PFAS is is definitely um, an issue for us. And um, I feel that the state is doing a decent job in moving forward on things like monitoring. But the fact is, we're not going to get anywhere with PFAS until we turn the tap off. You know, we continue to have um, a lot of products coming into the home every day, as long as those are going, you know, into landfills or out through people's sewer pipes. We're continues to have an issue with PFAS. Um, you know, nutrients, um, harmful algal blooms, which are a huge issue, especially mm. in our lakes and ponds. Sure. Um, and people don't realize the impact that that has if it continues and how expensive it can be to treat the problem in situ. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, you know, cause property values, if, if you can't use the water, if your dog's gonna die jumping into it, sure. property values are gonna decline. Absolutely. And that is a big issue. Um, And that, you know, that's from nutrient loads and, you know, like I said, cheapest thing to do is to maintain those riparian buffers. And those forests and let, let nature do its thing and filter it out. It's free. <laughs> well, yeah. It's free. You know, and, and
0: uh, again, a lot of the, you know, the the urban, you know, people that, that want the lush green lawns and have the chem lawns and the, the lawn treatment so they can have their, their, their lush green lawns, there's there's an impact to that.
1: You know? Yeah, the Great yeah. American Lawn is one of our biggest challenges to water quality going forward in the future. Yeah. And things like harmful algal blooms and and dead spots in Long Island Sound, which, you know, is another issue. Um, You know, temperature increases also, you know, we talk about, you know, actual pollutants and we forget about temperature being a pollutant. So if you're a fly angler and you enjoy trout fishing, it gets more challenging as we go forward and our waters warm up um, and it gets beyond the point where um, certain species can survive. So, you know, again, that's a land use issue. It's also, you know, a water quality standard issue. We should be upgrading our water quality standards for temperature here in Connecticut yeah. to protect those headwater streams, which are provide services in sure. and of themselves.
0: Yeah, yeah. Now, from an invasive species, what do you find the most prevalent uh, uh, culprit on that end? Oh,
1: boy. Well, you know, coming from the Connecticut River Conservancy and being the boots on the ground that watch the hydrilla infestation spread throughout the Connecticut River, we are quite fortunate that it hasn't gone beyond the Connecticut River, but it took a while to respond. Um, I also row crew on the Connecticut River, and in August, we can only get one boat off the docks. Because it's just so hemmed in with hydrilla. Really? Our marinas are having a big issue with um, even being able to get boats in and out of the slips because of the hydrilla. It's so thick. This is a very unusual strain um, that uh, Army Corps right now is doing a lot of studies on. So hopefully we'll have a management plan soon.
0: So our, I mean... You know, just off the off the cuff, are you know what what seems to be the the, the some of the remedial re- measures uh, that you guys are taking outside of going out and ripping it out?
1: Yeah, unfortunately, ripping it out isn't an option because it spreads so at, through very small fractions. So okay. if you rip it out, you're you're spreading it downstream. Um, And normally, Rivers Alliance is not a proponent of of herbicides, but in order to get this under control um, and to control any any harm to the ecosystems, right, because it takes over so much that you end up with a monoculture, Um, you know, herbicides are going to have to be considered considered and done very thoughtfully. And I went to a uh, presentation that Army Corps did a couple months ago, and I, I was pretty... Confident in their process. Okay. Um, they're doing it very scientifically, which is great. Sure. Um, and and of course we have a lot of other um, uh, aquatic invasives that are an issue. We've got um which is uh, European water chestnut, and um, but the, you know those are kind of the two big ones. The great thing about European water chestnut is it can be managed by volunteers. So and there are a lot of people that love doing that work. Okay. And a lot of groups that are doing it.
0: Now, do you guys have much interaction with EPA Region One, uh, or is that? Uh, is that another silo?
1: <laughs> Sometimes it, it, it depends on what's going on. Um, of course, you know, when things come up like, you know, the, an update of the long term control plan for Hartford or one of the other cities, you know, we, we have a lot of interaction with uh, the EPA. Um, because Connecticut is a designated state, a lot of times, where folks in other states would deal more with EPA, we work we work with DEP mm-hmm. because they're the designated authority. But on bigger issues such as um, you know changing the nitrogen stati- strategy for Long Island Sound, um, you know we work we work with EPA and things like that.
0: Okay, great, great. Um, are you uh, what, what do you do for hobbies <laughs> 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 on a personal side? Uh,
1: so I'm a fly angler. Um, I row crew. Uh, I kayak. I love to hike. I love being outside, um, and uh, so you know, water is my,
0: water is my fun too. Oh, okay, <laughs> all right. Well, well, as you know, my my other alter ego is music. Uh, so one of the questions I always ask our guests and so forth. Okay, what's what's your um, desert island album? If you got stuck on a desert island, what what album would you would you oh. want? To have, or a couple, a few.
1: You know, you're talking to someone who loves variety so much. I can't <laughs> 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 just the thought of having only one album stresses me out. Um you know, it it would probably change from day to day, but um
0: Are you eighties music, R and B
1: I am a little bit of everything. I okay. love I love music in general. Um, okay. I think uh yeah, maybe something, maybe one of the an album by the Grateful Dead. I, okay. I, you know, that would be kind of a nice thing to chill out, too. Yeah.
0: <laughs> you island. know, so, so, speaking, <laughs> when I first graduated, my, my degree is in music, okay? My first teaching job, okay, uh, was I was a uh, four-fifths music teacher at Loomis Chafee in Windsor, okay? So I used to teach private lessons in there. So I used to have kids come in for guitar lessons, and I missed someone, and one of the students comes and says, Mr. K, I got this new band I want to. Learn some music from, so I said, "Oh, really? What is it?" He says, uh, "The Grateful Dead." <laughs> <laughs> I just thought choked. <laughs> New band, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but again, it's it's one of those th- groups that has longevity and it's you know it's not one of the you know definitely not a one hit wonder band as far as that goes but uh it, it's crazy so okay the other thing uh desert island food if you got stuck on a desert island what food could you eat every day? Oh, that's
1: another hard question because i love food i love it all um oh I, I think i could probably live on if if i just had a, a supply of of tomatoes and basil, okay, and and about a truckload of of any sort of pasta, I, I could probably there you go <laughs> live on fresh pasta with pa- a basic tomato sauce. Pa- 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 pasta's
0: is good, <laughs> you know. Of all our guests, you know, pizza's high on the on the the answer list as well as uh, sushi. You know.
1: Oh, there would also have to be some good Italian cheese too. So
0: there you go, there you go. Oh, there you go. Uh, have you have you had experienced any of the New Haven pizza at all?
1: Oh yeah. Oh yeah,
0: I, I used to work in New Haven, so oh okay,
1: I've I've been to them all.
0: One one of them, uh, one of our guests that we did on our, our music podcast was uh, he was a music producer and he produced the 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 Pizza Story in New I don't know uh, in New Haven the 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 movie.
1: Oh yeah, okay. I haven't seen it.
0: Dean Falcone, okay, and Dean Falcone, he shows up here for for the podcast and he walks in with my drum teacher uh, hosts that podcast and he walks in with three huge sally's pizzas he says this is it this is this is the real deal
1: uh, I, I i modern is my preference oh, okay yeah yeah a lot of people keep saying Zoo parties is superior but i haven't tried it yet yeah
0: yeah so forth but uh, anyway uh so uh you have how many uh, three children two two children okay and what are they doing
1: uh, my son is a sophomore at the University of Massachusetts at Amherst. Mm-hmm. Um, he's a biology major. Oh, okay. So
0: the apple doesn't fall far from the tree. <laughs>
1: no, no, no. My husband has a degree in biology as well, so um, okay. he can't buy it, honestly. And my daughter's a senior in high school, still still trying to figure out what she wants to do. But,
0: well, you know. Uh, hey, you know, it won't be long. She's going to, you know, find her way, you know. as uh... Now, d- when you graduated high school, did, did you have any idea, uh, I mean, because a lot of times... You know, I ask people how they got into the water or wastewater industry, and, you know, 75% of the time it's it's like, did you plan to do that or did you plan to go into that industry? And it says, no, it was by either I had a friend of a friend or somebody I knew, my parents knew this guy and knew that guy and said this job became available, and, you know, uh, it, it's amazing how, uh, you know, people find their way into their um, you know, into their career paths. It's 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 amazing. Sometimes they don't have any clue, and uh, all of a sudden they find a way. You know, so which is great. So anyway, Alicia, thanks so much for coming down. I I hope you uh, you uh, we'll get this uh, post processed, then we'll get it up on YouTube and so forth. But uh, thank you again, and thank you for all you do on the environmental side and the uh, the Rivers Alliance. And uh, you know, we'll. Uh, Continue to work together as we always do, and uh, anyway, uh, it's uh, well, it's going to be Halloween pretty quick. So anyway, oh gosh, already! <laughs> All right, ladies and gentlemen, that concludes this episode of the Future of the Water and the Wastewater Industry and the Careers You Didn't Know About. And with us in the house from the uh, Rivers Alliance, Mrs. Ms. Alicia Sharma. And so, Alicia, thank you so much for coming down. And uh, we'll see you in the, uh, the next Water Planning Council or Advisory Board meeting. Thanks so much for coming.
1: Great. Thanks for having me.
0: All righty.